Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello. I'm Dave Berry, and I am fascinated by my next-door neighbour. His name is Neil Srinivasan, and he's a leading cardiologist. During our time as friends, I've become more and more curious about his work, and I've often been left with more questions about the medical profession than I've had answers. And in this special episode of The Doctor Next Door, sponsored by Medtronic, I'll be asking Neil the burning questions that keep me up at night, dissecting medical myths under his watchful eye, and doing my utmost to learn more about an industry that is quite literally a matter of life and death. But this podcast isn't just here to feed my own curiosities. Oh no, I want you to be involved with these conversations as well. Let Neil be your Doctor Next Door. So if you have any questions or your stories, of course, send them along to doctoratnextdoorpod.com right now. Oh, hang on a second. Hello, handsome. Hi again, David. So could you move out of the way, Neil? I'm talking to... <laughs> <laughs> you got me there. The old ones are the good ones. Yeah. Um, mate, it's lovely to have you back around the table. Um, now, you're going to be shocked by this revelation, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to come out and I'm just going to say it. And right. I'm as shocked as you are. Okay. I've joined TikTok. Ooh. What's that? <laughs> I think it's you've a got... social media platform that's okay. taken the world by storm. Although I think middle-aged people getting involved in it normally starts the beginning of the end. The oh, death right. knell is, is chiming. I see. But what I wanted to know, no, I've, I've joined it because it's an important thing to, for me to be on as part of the show. Mm-hmm. I want to do that. I want to be able to bring guest interviews and content, you know, to the listeners. Yeah. And I wondered, that was my kind of thought process on it from an entertainment perspective. And I wondered how that worked with the medical profession. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, social media is a very important part of the medical profession. I, I understand Absolutely. that. I get that. Yeah. But I mean on a more kind of personal front. So would you and your fellow cardiologists all get together in the in the break room and do a TikTok dance trend routine, for example? Well, I hadn't thought about it. But now you say that, David. <laughs> sounds it. like a really good idea, right? <laughs> all wearing your lead vests yeah. that you spoke lead about before. Lead vests and the blue scrubs and... We could dance or something. I don't know what what, what do you do in this TikTok well, no, thing? Yeah, okay. Well, I'm, I'm like a you know the the dad yeah. learning from the son in this way. Right? I, I yeah? want to keep from, this. Like, I want to keep this, this podcast thing? young, current, and hip. So <laughs> oh, I don't yeah. need you saying things like that. Exactly. You were doing a talk the other day. Yes. And I came to meet you afterwards for a beer. Yeah. Now, so this is what I mean. On your way to that talk, where you were you were going to help young aspiring medical professionals, you were kind of teaching them the ropes, showing mm-hmm. them the way. Is there a world where you would want to jump on TikTok whilst you're on the train going to that saying, hi, guys, it's Srinivasan here. Make sure you check me out at this. I think no, no, I'd not thought about that that way, (laughs) I have to say. But now you say it, maybe that's the way to reach out to the kids. 
Well, this is what, what I mean is the young exactly. The, the, the... I could do this thing and walking on the tube and dancing to some song thing or well, something. Maybe right? leave the dancing behind. Oh, right. Maybe you're, you're, I'm a very good dancer. You're too. The onus is too much on the dancing. But I'm saying, like the people you spoke to when you did that talk, the yeah. next, the next world leading cardiologist. Mm. Do you think that something like TikTok will be part of their world? For sure, for sure, I think so because I mean, social media is quite important part of the medical sphere, you say. I mean, Twitter for us is really important. We find loads of really interesting things on Twitter, but there's also like jokes and stuff as well. So maybe it is going to go that way. Maybe it's Just to keep it light forward. and keep it breezy. Yeah, yeah exactly, because we all know each other and we make fun of each other as well. Shall we do a special Doctor Next Door TikTok dance routine? I think we need to. <laughs> Dr. Neil, we have come to the final chapter of our Heart to Heart on matters of the heart. As part of our trio of special episodes sponsored by our new friends Medtronic, you've guided us across topics of atrial fibrillation and heart failure. You truly are a fountain of wisdom of the circulatory system. And I've had that tattooed on my forearm just to show oh, how much amazing. I respect Thank you. you. Uh, now, my last burning question to you is something I know that people are going to be fascinated to know a little bit more about. And that thing is syncope. Yeah. So let's start with what is syncope and who is affected by it? So great question. Syncope is basically passing out or fainting. And a huge proportion of us are affected by it at some point in our life. A frightening thing to happen to any yeah. individual. And it can be really unexpected and you'll suddenly pass out happen to young people, can happen to old people. And in some people, it's a recurrent problem. So, I mean, we've, I'm sure you've all had either known somebody or yourself may have experienced where you get up suddenly, for example, and you feel dizzy mm -hmm. or you're going to pass out. Or you've you know, had a heavy night, come up, stumbled out the next day, out the pub or whatever, and then you feel dizzy or feel, feel wheezy. But in some people, this happens to them all the time. They're constantly fainting, they're constantly falling. And in some cases, they're falling and hurting themselves. So is syncope something that you are diagnosed with it and then it's just something you've got? What measures do we take? How do we stop feeling faint? How does one stop kind of Absolutely. collapsing randomly throughout the day? Because so, as I say, that is a frightening thing to happen. Yeah. So syncope is a term. It's basically a, a way of saying this person's losing consciousness or fainting. There are a whole host of reasons why people lose consciousness or faint. It can be as simple as your blood pressure is very low when you stand, particularly you know if you're tall or... Uh, young people commonly and thin people quite commonly, you can just, after standing for a long time at festival, at gig, etc., etc., all the blood is pulled in your legs and then you start to faint. You go all white and pale, you you know get sweaty and clammy, you feel sick and nauseous and you actually faint. And it's the body's way of just trying to say, actually, what you need to do is faint so I can get more blood to the brain and wake up a bit. So it's a natural response. So we've touched on it in a previous edition of The Doctor Next Door, when somebody faints, you witness someone faint, your gut reaction is to obviously get them back up onto their feet. Yeah. Hold them, comfort them, bring them round that way. But you told me that's the wrong thing to do. Absolutely. You need to lay them down, put their legs up if they faint. Okay. Now, there can be other more sinister causes of syncope. You could have, you know, some serious problems with your heart, for instance, or dissections of arteries, those kind of things. Wow. But the other important cause of syncope, particularly as you get older, is actually problems with the heart rhythm itself. So the heart rhythm, as we talked about in a couple of episodes ago in atrial fibrillation, when we talked about that, is governed by the top chambers of the heart. And the impulses travel from the top chambers down to the bottom chambers to make the bottom chambers pump. And that wiring system, that series of motorways sort of M1 travelling straight through the heart, 
can become damaged or can fray over time in some patients and therefore can result in the potential risk, for example, of you falling or collapsing because you miss a few heartbeats, for instance. You can also have other heart rhythm abnormalities, rapid heart rhythm abnormalities, for instance, that things like atrial fibrillation itself, that can make you feel syncopal. So you suddenly are beating at normal heartbeat and then suddenly your heart goes 200 beats a minute and the blood is not pumping efficiently around your body, your blood pressure will drop and then you'll feel faint. So there are lots of reasons for it. And the key with syncope, as we've mentioned, common theme throughout all of our podcasts is do not ignore that symptom, particularly if it's something that's affecting you frequently or you've had a significant injury from it, seek medical attention and try and work out what the cause of that is. So how do you treat something like syncope? And do you have any objects that could be show and tell based to help illustrate your point for me? Nice that you'd say that, David. Thank you. Yeah. So the key to syncope is trying to make a diagnosis. So in my pocket here, I have... Inside blazer pocket, by the way. Inside this blazer pocket. This little thing. So... This is the LINQ Link 2, isn't it, if I'm not mistaken? Absolutely. Yeah. You're a real connoisseur yeah. of Medtronic stuff, aren't I you? I know my stuff. Exactly. So uh, this isn't a fridge magnet? No. No, what is this? It makes a good fridge magnet, though. So it's kind of like, um, <laughs> this is where I, once again, grasp at objects that are a similar size and always get it way off. <laughs> I, I've got a history of describing things badly on this podcast. I'm going to say it's like the front of a tie clip. Yeah. For those of you who wear ties or have seen ties, it's about the size of the front of a tie clip. Yeah. What would you describe that? I always say it's like a little small USB stick. But yeah, you're right. Tie clip's even better. I never thought about that. So it's kind of half a USB stick slash slender tie clip. How very American of you with the whole tie clip thing. What what does it do? How does it help us? This is a tiny, tiny implantable monitor. So you would make a tiny incision, so a little cut just on the sort of left-hand side of your chest, just by the breastbone. Okay. Tiny, tiny. And then you just inject this under the skin. And it stays... Inject it under the skin? Yeah, you just push it under the skin with a little injectable tool. And that pushes this into the skin. Right. And what this has here on the side, can you see... So I'm showing David this sort of USB stick tie clip thing. And on either side of the tie clip, can you see there's a little couple of poles here, little... Mm-hmm. metallic poles, they act like an ECG. So they can measure the electrical wow. wavefront between from the one end of the tie clip to the other end of the tie clip. And in here is all the complex circuitry and batteries and stuff that's in the middle. What that does is it then records your heart rhythm, your heart ECG, all the time, constantly. And these type of devices can last several years. They can last up to four and a half years. So let's say you came to me and you said, I fell and bashed my head and I was worried that there was a heart rhythm problem that maybe was causing this, I could implant one of these and I would know then all the time through the dongle, downloading Which all the time. Which isn't the size of a small family car, I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> I will know all the time and I'll get alerts if there's something wrong with your heart rhythm that I need to know about. Okay. Wow. And then if, for instance, let's say you had another episode of syncope, blackout, And this time, this device then said, okay, David's heart rate went really slow, really massive pause, and there's some real electrical problem with the way the heart conducts. It's not just slow because it went slow because you got a fright or something like that, which is quite common. That's called vasovagal syncope. So doctor comes to you with a big needle, you faint, and often your heart will go slow, 
and your blood pressure will go low. It's a normal reflex response in some people. But if I saw on this monitor that your heart rhythm is going really super slow and it's not a normal way, there's some problem with the electrical conduction of the system, I can... He's gone his, into the blazer again. Put one of these in, which is a pacemaker. The CRT-P. Yeah, well, the, the pacemakers are smaller than this. This is just because I happen to have a CRT-P in my pocket at all times, just in case anybody <laughs> needs one. When you're crossing the road, you never know what you might find. Exactly. He is this good at parties, ladies exactly. and gentlemen. He really is. And um, so that's one, one example, and that's a... That's a small little box, wow. as we talked about before, with two leads inside the heart. That will prevent the heart from going slowly. And even better, he reaches into his pocket. Wow, what's that? pulls out one of these. Describe it, Dave. What do you think? You're better than me at this. Uh, I'm going to go with the cyanide capsule that oh. a James Bond-style character might crunch on. It is very much using like their that. rear molars. Really good description. Absolutely. It's about the size of a wasp. Yeah, and that small thing what is that? can be implanted inside your heart with no wow. leads. So we've shown you this thing, this little matchbox, the silver matchbox, which looks like a pacemaker and some leads that go and touch your heart. But that has no leads and it can go directly inside your heart. These little earlobes that stick out of the side of that cyanide capsule, little metal wires that stick wasp. out of it. Well, let's go with two raisins end-to-end. -end. Two raisins end-to-end -end yeah. and some earlobes stick out. They're called tines and they attach to bits of the heart, see? Oh, so they'll yeah. grip onto your heart muscle. And then this device here has a battery, which is all of the, most of the body of this sort of tube-like thing. It, it looks like a bit of small battery, isn't it? It looks like a tiny AA battery or AAA battery. Well, there's no fun in telling everybody exactly what it actually does look like. Exactly. It looks like two wasps yep. back to back yep. and one of them's holding a grappling hook. Ah, uh, that's a good one. That's the best one. Absolutely. And then it has some sensing... Ability so it can sense the heartbeat and a computer inside it wow. that will go, right, I'll beat when the heart, Dave's heart goes slow. This is amazing, isn't it? And you keep all of these with you at all times. At all times, because <laughs> you never know what happens when you cross the zebra crossing. You might have somebody with syncope and you say, I've got something in my pocket, young lady or young gentleman, which I might be able to help you with. Okay. Like it's Victorian England as well. I exactly. like the delivery. I do I've dust my hat and everything. <laughs> Always wear a blazer. <laughs> So it is time once again for my medical training. As I always say, I know you love playing along where you are. And I don't know how you've been doing, but I have been getting better and better because first of all, I got one out of three right. Then last time I got one and a half out of three right. So fingers crossed for a two. Neil, we're all waiting with bated breath. What have you got for us on my medical training? So your first question is... Uh -huh. Syncope is derived from the Latin word meaning A. Sleeping unexpectedly okay. B. Removing of breath C. To cut off Okay. All right? Yeah. Good. Well, mm. okay, go on. Oh, you'll like this next question. Bet you £100 I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but please continue. All right. Question two. Yeah. The blue whale has the largest heart on planet Earth, weighing in at around 500 kilograms. 
it's half the weight of one of those dongles, isn't it? Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, is this... But, can but, you put oh, these... Oh, here we go, but. Oh, but. There yeah, exactly. we go. You're going to love this I knew question. I would like it. Yeah, exactly. But, can you put these animals in order of the largest to the smallest hearts? Largest to the smallest heart, okay. All right, okay. A, giraffe. Mm-hmm. B, crocodile. C, elephant. And your job is to put them in order from largest to smallest. That's a really good it's a question. Good one, right? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Appearing soon in pub quizzes up and down the <laughs> land. <laughs> All right. Okay. And your final, true or false. Okay. Here we go. Before the stethoscope existed, doctors would place their ears directly on a patient's chest to check their heartbeats. True or false? Do I want to... Uh, I'm going to say it out loud. I am. I'm going to say it out loud. Feeling pretty confident. I think I've got three out of three. Mm. Let's see. We'll find out if that's the case next. Hello, I'm Jess Phillips, an MP, and if you don't already know, I'm now a fully-fledged podcaster. My show is called Yours Sincerely, and in each episode, I invite a guest to celebrate three people that mean the world to them. Someone they love someone who's no longer around, and someone who doesn't realise how significant a role they've played in their lives. I've spoken to Lorraine Kelly about the letter she would send to celebrate her favourite teacher, Vicky Patterson about the letter she would send to her best friend who passed away, and Fee Glover talked to me about how much she loves Taylor Swift. The conversations are a celebration of people we love, and so we often find ourselves in tears of joy and sadness as guests share the letters of appreciation they wish they could send. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or by searching for Jess Phillips wherever you listen to podcasts. And with that, I'll sign off with yours sincerely, Jess Phillips. I hope you get to enjoy my podcast soon. Hello and welcome back to a very special edition of The Doctor Next Door with our friends Medtronic. Just before the break, Dr. Neil posed three more questions as part of my medical training. I have foolishly said I'm feeling so confident that I believe I've got three out of three. It is time to discover if that is the case and, of course, how you fared out there. Doctor. So, your first question was, syncope is derived from the Latin word meaning... A, sleeping unexpectedly, B, removing of breath, or C, to cut off. Now, I think A is narcolepsy, or there'll be some kind of narcolepsy meaning to it, Latin-based thing there. Did you do Latin in school? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Ah. A comprehensive school in Lucian, South London, was was all about Latin. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's C. Yeah. Yes. But on, my man. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's via late Latin from Greek, interestingly. Yes. Which you obviously knew. We did German and French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, but I am fascinated by this. And one of the things I've enjoyed most about doing the podcast is the the, the revelation, obviously, that a lot of these medical terminology, they, they started there years ago. And yeah. you go, oh, of course. Mm-hmm. And A and B didn't ring true to me with that in mind, which is why I opted for C. But I can't tell you why it's C. Yeah. It's just, you know, I deduced it was C. Very good. Okay. Question two was, 
about the size of the hearts of these animals, okay? Mm. So, you had to put these animals in order of largest to smallest hearts. Okay. And A was giraffe, B was crocodile, and C was elephant. So, how did you order the size of their hearts and what did you decide? I thought... I'm gonna. I know I'm gonna mess up straight away. I'm just gonna go with what I believe to be obvious, and I'm okay. gonna go for the elephant has got the largest heart. So C is that is that incorrect? No, I've got giraffe as the second, and I've got the crocodile last. I've got B last. Giraffe first, elephant second, crocodile last. So David, while elephants have the heaviest heart out of the three, weighing around twelve to twenty-one kilograms, giraffes have the largest heart. Come on, man. You weren't paying not attention, now. were you? No, it was a trick no, question. not this, not now. Their hearts can have a length of up to two feet and can weigh more than 11 kilograms. So elef- elephants do have a heavier heart, but I said largest, didn't I? Not heaviest. Um, a crocodile's heart is obviously the smallest. It, it's, it weighs around 150 grams. And it's the only reptile to have a four-chambered heart, just like humans do, interestingly. Okay. So shall I bump this third of a point up to half a point now? Mm, I knew that was coming. Because of your trickery. Because of my trickery, yeah. All right, I'll give you half a point. <laughs> I'll take it. Elephant does have a bigger heart, doesn't it? Um, so, the third and final question, true or false? Okay. Let's do this. So, it was about stethoscope. Can you remember what a stethoscope is? Uh, no, not... <laughs> not you've, have you got one in your jacket pocket? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Here is she not, comes. Wow. It's like you're wearing Mary Poppins' bag. It is, isn't it's it? It's incredible. <laughs> is this your actual one? It's my actual stethoscope. Oh. Yeah. So it's got these two earpieces, if you want to put it on. Let me take my headphones off. Is it proper to share another person? Of course you can. I'll just clean it a lot afterwards. Other way around. <laughs> <laughs> the sound has to point into your eardrums, you see. So okay. it's pointing. So now that's in. And then it's got a little special type of drum there. And if you place that right over your heart, You'll be able to hear your heart. Okay, I'll put this over my heart. Yeah. Just over well, your you nipple. Won't put this over my heart. Just put it over your Are nip- you off the clock now? Exactly. Put it over your nipple. That's it. Oh, there I am. You hear? I've never done this before. Have you ever? No. It's quite humbling in a way, isn't it? Yeah. I'm just going to have a moment on the podcast. You guys talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Are you getting any skips? Palpitations? No, no. I no feel... AF? No. Okay. Apart from you you trying to get me out of the quiz, I've got I lots feel of pretty stuff calm. Here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that... So, that's a stethoscope. Yeah. Okay. We now have those. Yes. But before and those, the question was: before stethoscopes had existed, doctors would place their ears directly on the patient's chest to check their heartbeats. True or false? A hundred percent true. Absolutely. Well done. Thank Amazing. You very much. So French physician René Lenec invented the stethoscope when he felt it was inappropriate to place his ear on his female patient's chest. Oh, okay. So that is another point for me, isn't it? Yeah. Which means I went from one point Mm -hmm. in episode one of these special three editions of the podcast to one and a half points Mm -hmm. to two and a half points, which means I've got five out of nine. That's amazing. Which means I'm just above average. Just above average. And I think that's what everybody wants in their doctor. Exactly. Doctor Next Door isn't just about myself and Dr. Neil. No, we love it when you get in touch and share your questions and stories, which you can do so, doctor at nextdoorpod.com. Or, of course, you can find us on the socials, which is Doc Next Door Pod. So let's have this week's correspondence. 
Uh, we've had an email from Louisa. Hello, Louisa. Lovely having you on board. Uh, she says, hello, Dave and Dr. Neil. I've had a loop recorder for four months and it's showing my heart missing beats. I'm likely going to be fitted with a pacemaker soon. I wondered if you could answer some questions I haven't yet got round to asking my cardiologist. But I'm sure uh, Dr. Neil will do his very best for you, Louisa. There's a few questions on here, Neil. I thought we'd go through them kind of, you know, one at a time, really. Um, First of all, Louisa would like to know, is there a recovery period after having the pacemaker fitted or anything I will have to avoid doing after the initial procedure is carried out? So... Pacemakers, as we said, are normally a day case procedure. Patients have them done and then go home the same day. What often happens is that you have a little small cut across the chest under the collarbone, and that can be quite sore for the first week or so, and often will need to be covered up by a little dressing, a little pad there. And often your physician or your doctor will ask you to keep that covered, not get things wet because there's a risk of infecting the skin around there, and you don't want to get an infection around that area and get the pacemaker infected that's just been put in. After that, normally most patients take the dressings off and can live a pretty normal existence, normal life. We do ask patients to be gentle with the movements of their arm and their shoulder in the first month or so after the device is put in. But after that, there's a period where everything's sort of bedded in into the skin, the wound is healed very well, and patients live a normal life, really. Louisa also wants to know, does the patient get any say in the location of its placement? Um, you can so do. That's an interesting question, Listen, Louisa. We yeah. almost always put them in on the left-hand side, and that's just because of the nature of most of us being right-handed and it's easier to implant things on the side that's your, you know, with your dominant hand, etc., etc. Even patients who are left-handed, they don't tend to notice any discomfort by having a pacemaker put on the left-hand side. So predominantly, most pacemakers are put on, on the left-hand side on the left collarbone. I suppose the main issue is, is, is about cosmetics, and there are ways in which to conceal the pacemaker to a greater degree, particularly you know, for females who want to wear dresses and things like that, and straps. There are ways of making the incisions in certain angles or certain directions or embedding the place pacemaker in a deeper part of the tissue under the actual muscle itself to avoid that being so visible, which can have some obviously important aspects in terms of the appearance for females and also, you know, confidence and those kind of things. Okay, so what you would say to Louisa or, or anybody who is going to go through the process of having a pacemaker fitted is this is a conversation you can have someone mm-hmm. based on your what you like to do in your lifestyle day to day, what it is you like to wear, what mm-hmm. you life you're going to lead going forward. Absolutely. These are conversations that you, you can, can have. You should have open conversations with your doctor and if there are concerns about certain aspects of things, particularly cosmetics and stuff, you should broach that and they'll try and help you. Um, and Louisa also says here, you know, she's had a loop recorder for four months. What What kind of... What is the loop recorder doing? What what is that? And, and and is that always a precursor to a pacemaker? Where does how does this work chronologically? Okay. So the loop recorder is what we showed you earlier. That's that little small what did you call it? Tie clip. Tie clip, yeah. Yeah. So the small tie clip is used to diagnose all sorts of things. It could diagnose atrial fibrillation, prevent strokes in patients, diagnose atrial fibrillation as a potential cause for people collapsing or their palpitations. It could diagnose all sorts of other rhythms, but it can also be used to diagnose slow heart rates as a reason for patients passing out, blacking out, having syncope. And as we mentioned before, in certain patients with a slow heart rate, then there is a need to have a pacemaker fitted to protect you from a slow heart rate because the loop recorder will not protect you from anything. It's just recording your heart rhythm. You then need something inside your heart beating for your heart 
that's going to stop you having a slow heart rate. So as we've established, this is your early warning system. Yeah, basically. this is a yeah. diagnostic tool. Yeah. And it's a way of, you know, using that for a long period of time, up to four years to try and catch something. The majority of patients, actually, it, 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 it functions as a reassuring tool because if you've had this in for several years and you haven't had anything, then your risk of anything serious must be really low. So, Louisa, once again, thank you very much indeed for getting in touch with us here at The Doctor Next Door. I think that, you know, in conclusion, once your pacemaker is fitted, then be careful in the early stages. But then after that, you will be living a a normal life. And whatever your lifestyle suits where it gets placed, that is a conversation that you can have with your cardiologist. And, you know, they'll do their best to put it where you want it to be. But obviously, it has to be in a certain area on the body. Now, you can get in touch with the doctor next door anytime you like. You can email us, doctor at nextdoorpod.com. And that's it for this episode of The Doctor Next Door. As always, thank you to my co-host and next door neighbour, Dr. Neil Srinivasan, and a special thank you to Medtronic for sponsoring our episodes on atrial fibrillation, heart failure and syncope. Please rate, review and subscribe from wherever you usually get your podcasts. And if you do know a doctor, nurse or medical professional who you think might like what you've just heard, then why not recommend us to them? Now, I'm going to try on Neil's amazing jacket. So get out of my house. Come on, Neil. Strip it off. A note from our sponsors, Medtronic. See the device manual for information regarding the instructions for use, indications, contradictions, warnings, precautions, and potential adverse events. For further information, contact your local Medtronic representative and or consult the Medtronic website at www.medtronic.eu. For applicable products, consult instructions for use on manuals.medtronic.com. Reminder, the data and content included in this podcast express only the clinical perspective of us, the presenters. They are completely independent and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Medtronic. This information is intended only for users in markets where Medtronic products and therapies are approved or available for use as indicated within the respective product manuals. Content on specific Medtronic products and therapies is not intended for users in markets that do not have authorization for use. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG.